yips. Jose Altuve's out there with the yips. And then yes, I'm gonna keep saying it because even though it is taboo to talk about, it needs to be discussed. And today, QB, Byler, and myself are gonna break it down mentally, break it down how it affects you on the field, how it affected me and Austin, uh, as well as some people we know. If you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and hit that like button. Thank you all, as always, for the love and support. We'll see you soon. All right, so this week uh, we're talking about a a tough subject, uh, something that a lot of guys don't want to talk about. Maybe it's a little hush-hush, but it's really, really coming out in the the postseason here with Jose Altuve. Uh, We're talking about the yips this week. Um, Now, bye. Can you give me your definition of what the yips are? Uncontrolled ability to throw the ball anywhere. Okay, is that like just playing catch or what? Yeah, it just it's it can be anywhere. Pitching, sometimes pitchers got the yips, they can't get to the plate. Uh sometimes it's from first base to the pitcher. I mean, I had I had it for a little while, dude. It was tough to process through. And it could be from infield like second base to first base. Uh, just a tough time making throws. I know Chris Davis for the A's. He also had the yips from the outfield. He couldn't hit his cut. He was nervous. Um, so basically when your mind doesn't allow your body to do what it naturally does would be the yips to me. That's a yeah, great way of saying it. I mean, I and we'll get into my story too because I, I, I was not one person to avoid it either. Um, but I, I, this is a great way of breaking it down. It says... The sudden onset of the yips, a baseball term to describe a player who suddenly loses the ability to throw the ball where he wants to. Uh, and, and that makes sense. I mean, it's it's never a, uh, a mindless thing. When, when a guy picks the ball and he has to get rid of it quick, it's usually a dime. But you see it a lot of times with catchers. You see it a lot of time with second basemen who have a lot of time to do it. Um, and then you see it, if we're going to go down the line, Chuck Knobloch, second baseman, Charles Barkley, can't swing a golf club. You know? <laughs> so, um, Q, it, and I don't need you to name any specific players, but have you ever you've experienced that or seen anybody experience it on the ball field? Yeah, I've seen um, at least a handful, at least a handful. Um, guys that have been going through it at the time and some guys who've overcome it. So yeah, I mean it's it's a real thing, and um, you know no one's no one's uh, exempt from it. Let's um. So here I'm gonna drop this video on you guys. You neither of you have seen him make this throw, right? No. And this is this is his third throwing error from uh, yesterday's game. Lau pulls one into that shift. Throws a second and a bad throw. Altuve throws it into left field. And another throwing error. Oh. Jose Altuve is having Mentally such defeated. a difficult time. Well, you'll see the play uh, off the end of the wow. bat. It's got some spin on it. This is the right play. You got to go and get the Mechanics lead all out. Off. So he <laughs> made the proper choice. Him come up. And I felt awful up so and he he said he might have the thing and having some trouble concentrating on throwing. But, yeah, but he certainly could, might be an injury in his arm. Not might be a little there. short right now. Yeah, you, uh, he just doesn't look the same quote unquote you know I, it's it's tough it's like a hiccup you know a, a, an automated system something that you've done millions of times in your life all of a sudden becomes manual and you have to start thinking through it or 
you do start thinking through it. You know, it's not a double click. I'm opening the application. It's it's a full meltdown sometimes. Um, by what do you, what do you got? I mean, this is a tough subject. It's it's tough, right? But it's real and it needs to be addressed more often. I think we need to do more work on it and, and discovering it. Um, for for me personally, I remember having it at first base, throwing it back to the pitcher when I was in pro ball. It didn't start till my second year. And I remember I was so nervous of our head coach because he was a lot tougher on us than anybody else I've ever had to play for. And we had some tough head coaches. So he was he was really tough, put a lot of pressure on us. And I remember I almost threw one away once and that's what started that whole process. And I remember like just not even like having control of my arm. It's like I didn't even have a ball in my hand. And it felt like, and I threw a couple balls away. So the next day, the coach, of course, just probably the worst thing that could happen is he got, got on the mound, picked off and threw it 100 miles per hour at me 25 times and told me to chuck it at him. And if I missed, I hit him. And he's like, just throw as hard as you can at me. I don't care if you throw it past me. I don't care how hard you throw it. Throw it as hard as you can through me. And I could not do it, dude. And this is in practice. And so in yeah. games, I was like short arming it and didn't know what to do. It was brutal, dude. It was the most mentally draining pain ever because you feel like everybody's watching you and judging you. And in reality, it's really just you in your own mind that is so in turmoil. And um, I don't know, we work with three catchers that are dealing with this and a pitcher that was struggling with this. And um, it, it takes a process to get through it, but it can be done. But can you describe what it feels like when you go to throw the ball back? Like your T-Rex with literally no like there's so, there's an object in your hand but it's not a baseball you have no grip right but like you can go back for me at least i can go to 90 feet and chuck it like i'm money from first to second but from from a pickoff move from me to the pitcher it was so hard to get it back to him it looked like he's a million yards away it was it was not fun <laughs> it was not fun and those times you just gotta pretend like you gotta go talk to the pitcher and just drop it in his glove <laughs> i know but what but if they pick off they... like 30 times in a row then you're like dude like i hated when i knew a pitcher that liked to pick off i hated playing first base i was praying for a dh day but when there was a pitcher that didn't ever throw it over dude like i was okay and the thing that pissed me off the most was when we're up like five or six in the eighth or the ninth and the pitcher picks off i'm like dude this is over with. I've had a good game. Let's not do this now. <laughs> so it's hard, man. Did, yeah, it's it's such a – it's almost a muscle spasm in the forearm that you go and the ball either feels like a wiffle ball all of a sudden or you feel like you're gripping it, like your fingers are almost wrapped all the way around the ball. Um, but you're right. It doesn't feel like a baseball in your hands, and it's it's really hard. I had it um, – luckily I got it only in high school. Uh, and it was my freshman, maybe sophomore year, and it was never on the ball on the run. I could come get that ball, throw that thing on the run, right to the chest, you know, nine out of ten times. But the ball that was too hop right at me, and I had time to shuffle and set my feet, it was lean back and into the back fence, you know, like, and just nothing you can do about it. So, um, but I think that the big thing you had mentioned was you, you feel like the focus is on you right and and how do you work through that uh, and i think it's going back to hey it's a game i've done this a million times this is going to be automated again but i got to work through it you know i got to throw through it a little bit 
Yeah, and I think, Ray, to add on, I've heard of some practices, and I'm interested to pick this guy's brain. Um, I believe it's Pazik Performance, Tyler Pazik. I may be botching the last name, but um, spoken briefly, a buddy recommended me to to look at some of his work, and and he said he does something involved with tapping. Now, I don't know exactly what tapping is, but it's something with the nervous system, I believe, that helps kind of reset you and get you focused, but something that that I've been trying out with the athletes who are experiencing this is creating some sort of rhythm and routine. So just like when you step in the box with a consistent rhythm and routine, for them it's either head down, head up, fire, tap the glove, boom, like pound the glove, something that's consistent that almost helps you forget about it, a physical mechanism that allows you to just reset your mind and develop that rhythm back into the ball. And now it's way easier said than done and it, it, you gotta get through your own, your own fears, but that's definitely been helpful, at least from what, I, what I've seen with the catchers and the pitcher, and the breathing, right? The deep breaths, the breathing, and just relaxing as much as we can, even in a game where we get high stress. So those are some things that have helped process through it. I'm anxious to learn more about the tapping stuff and, and just get more into that process and learn more about it. But I know that there'll be more work about it. And, and like you said, you gotta just treat it like a game and, and find a way to have fun with it. Otherwise, it's gonna beat you up and it's gonna weed you out. So um, creating some good rhythm, a good routine, and something that's consistent day in and day out is definitely gonna help. Yeah, Rick and Keel, I think he was with the Reds, um, was a pitcher coming up, uh, it threw 100 miles an hour from the left side. You know, it fireball, and first two years just dotting, and then all of a sudden he gets in, He's I think he's in it. For the postseason game or whatever, and throws like it throws one cutter, and it just cuts a little too much to a catcher that he's not used to, and uh, just outside, and then he spikes the next curveball, and all of a sudden he doesn't know it, but he's just it starts to get in his head. Maybe I have to do this with my pitch and and whatnot, and sure enough, he's athletic enough. They move him to the outfield, and he can play, you know, finish out a big league career. But um, you know, he had said. Uh, if you're that good at at your game uh, or you get to that level you're obsessed like it's an obsession uh, and I, even you guys had had this in pro ball you have to be so keyed in on your your craft to get to that level that you know it's almost an obsession so when you get the yips or something of that sort you, that obsession only becomes on the negative and it just consumes you you know mentally so to put it in perspective, I think uh, Aaron Nielsen, Harmony Bats, uh, my guy, used to say golden nuggets. Golden nuggets in your life, right? You have baseball. That's a, that's a gigantic nugget, but it's not the only thing in your life. So finding ways to really spread that love, go bike riding. That's my new thing. You know, go golfing. I get angry on the golf course, so I don't do it a whole lot. You know, I, I get out once or twice a week or once or twice a month. Uh, not twice a week. That'd be incredible. Uh, your your <laughs> blood pressure would be through the roof, Ray, and you may or may not have some broken clubs and windshields. Oh, what QB? You're a you're a, a bit of a math guy. You hold down our finances. What's the law of diminishing returns? <laughs> Dude, put on the spot there with that one. Uh, just wait till we get to the fast five, buddy. Those are coming up for you soon. Oh, I forgot about the fast five. Let's go. Law of diminishing returns. Everyone puts in an, a certain amount of work for something. And you basically have to see what you get in return for it. 
because uh, at that point you either gotta continue down that path if it's working or you gotta pivot somehow so that we can find something that works so you know when it comes back to the yips uh, maybe one day it's working maybe one day you try out a certain rhythm maybe it's a certain tap with um, the ball into the glove and then you release it going toward first base um, and that's that works really well so we gotta we gotta find a way to implement that into okay now what happens when I actually feel the ground ball and then have to throw it over to first base um, you know so that way you can kind of figure out um, you know this is working alright let's stick with it let's let's uh, double down on this um, and if it's not working let's say you try that rhythm and then one day you just start sailing it all over again now we gotta try something else we gotta figure out okay what's working what um, you know what can I do differently what can I try that might help um, but you know yips I've, I've been thinking of, about it for a while although I never really experienced it I was always wondering what causes it and one theory that I have one bad throw you have one bad throw and that leads into oh shit, what or <laughs> it leads into <laughs> it leads into oh man I'm gonna do that again and I'm gonna do that again and then it happens again then it then it happens again and again and again so it, it creates like a snowball effect so if you have that one bad throw we gotta figure out how to reset ourselves how to come back to our normal I mean you've practiced it thousands of times so you know what what difference would it make if I just um, yeah I made one bad throw we gotta find a way to let it go so like you said Ray um, people become obsessed with their craft and they have to be if they want to be great but at a time too you have to find a way to reset your mind um, you know go out on a golfing trip uh, go out on a fishing trip um, go hiking you know do something that's um, that you can take your mind off of baseball or your craft and come back the next day refreshed yeah it's it's too much to focus on ball all the time and um, you know if if the errors are just in your head or the frustration. I mean, this could happen when fielding ground balls too. I've had stretches where it felt like maybe my feet were bad or whatever, but I just couldn't pick a normal ground ball, you know? Um, so it's just finding a balance, uh, and really spreading out the wealth and, and, uh, by you had mentioned, and I, I want to go back to this, the, the feeling like everybody's looking at you. Do you feel like there's times where, the moment maybe be getting the best of us is, is that what's going on yeah i would say the moment will get the best of you but also i think our own insecurities will get the best of us and that's where uh, having that fear of of other people's opinions the fear of what somebody else that really doesn't matter at all going to think of me and i know when you get to a certain level where there are some fans now at a younger level it's a little different but when you have a college level or a professional level where there are some pretty decent amount of fans and they're sometimes ruthless they can get in your dome and they can totally rock you and shake you very easily if you allow them inside now that's the challenge like QB said finding that reset button how do I reset my mind but I really do believe that part of it's the fear of the moment and the other part is just your own insecurities of the obsession of I want to be perfect and I have to accept that I will not be perfect in baseball. It is completely impossible. There's no way I can do it no matter how good I do. 
I'm going to have mistakes. How do I continue to move on from this failure and allow it to teach me something new? So when you, when you say that, right, it makes, it makes a lot of sense because the moment does get too big for us. But also I believe that our own insecurities come out in those moments that are exposed. And when they start to get exposed, sometimes that pressure that we're putting on ourselves, it doesn't come from anyone else except for ourselves. that pressure starts to get the most of us and it prevents our physical skills and physical performance to impact our overall performance on the field. That's, I couldn't agree more. And if to keep going with that cue, like, how does somebody eliminate that what if? Like the, the stress of, oh, what, what if I don't make this play? Or what's going to happen if I don't get this out? So preparation is the key. And, um, you know, going back to something that we, uh, we had a mental performance coach come out. Uh, we're in, I think it was a Lawler or one of those, um, the classroom stuff that we met in. And one of the exercises we did that I remember is <clears throat> the guy had mentioned something about having a third eye. And what he did was he stood a good distance from a trash can and he grabbed an expo pen and he, he took two shots. He tried to throw the expo pen into the trash can, um, missed the first time, and then the second time he made it. The difference between the two is what he, when he mentioned his third eye um, the first time that third eye was focusing on the audience focusing on us what it like what are we thinking you know what um, he's worried about what we're thinking about him what if he doesn't make the shot um, <clears throat> the second time he focuses on the trash can in which he was able to throw the pen directly into the trash can swish like couldn't be any more clean of a shot but it all it all comes down to your focus so yes you know we had a we had a tough coach to play under um, great coach but you know put a lot of pressure on us so you know if, as players if we're thinking about what the coach is thinking about it's kind of tough to really focus on what we need to do as a player you know what what we need to do to execute the play what we need to do to just field the ground ball and throw it over to first base sounds extremely simple, but it can be one of the hardest things to, to get over for sure. It's it's a, there's another one and, and, and I've just been going all through all these in my head, right? There's John Lester who can't pick off to first base. There's guys who are getting a million mile leads, Charles Barkley with the golf. There's uh, a handful of basketball guys, uh, definitely one that I can think of. I, I can't, his name escapes me, but he's struggling with the free throws. Dwight but how Howard's about, one. Man, you got one? Who is it? Uh, Dwight Howard in basketball. Yep, same deal. And then you got, and I don't watch a lot of soccer, but I the penalty kicks in soccer have got to be one of the most just stressful, easy layup moments of all time where the world's on you. And and here's a stat I want you to just wrap your head around for a second. Teams that go first in penalty kick shootouts, because it's usually to win the games, right, will win 60% of the time, where team that goes second wins 40. Strictly on the fact that they're playing to tie most of the time rather than shooting to win it. And that's 100% of that mindset of what if I lose rather than, man, I got an opportunity to win this one, which is 
is wild to me. What if, uh, Ray, this is an interesting stat, and this brings up a really good point, and I love this stat. I need to look more into this article. Uh, what if we as human beings worried about the what if I win versus the what if I lose? What if my business succeeds rather than what if it fails? And I, I'm subject to it, too. I'll, I'll say, what if the kids don't show up? What if I lose some athletes? What if we go to Reno and there's no people at our camp? And all these different things that come into mind that aren't really true, but they are valid fears. What if, Ray, for you, what if we just attacked life and approached life in that mentality of what if in a powerful positive mindset rather than what if the worst case scenario mindset? What do you think that could do for us? Yeah, no, I I, I love it. And, and I personally am not as good at it in my personal life. I definitely play through the negatives way too often. Uh, you know, got the anxiety for it. And rather than going, hey, I, I like telling my guys last year, especially the ones that um, felt the pressure or felt worried or nervous about upcoming events. It's just like, hey, man, how would you play if you knew by the end of the season, you're one, getting drafted a top 10 round, two, we're in the, you know, the WCC tournament playing for the championship, and three, you're an all-conference player. I'd be playing pretty loose. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, then let's do that. You know, like it, it's it's harder said than done, no doubt. But that's the mindset, and it's uh, a lot of journaling. I think that's going to have to to happen. And for me personally, I should probably start journaling to start locking that up a little better. But uh, yeah, focus on the positives, man. There's a lot of opportunity out there. There is. I love that answer, Ray, and I think you're so spot on. There's so many, so much good that we can be focusing on, but a lot of the times our brains naturally gravitate towards the negative or that fear or that anxiety and the anxiousness. And I think we all have anxiety to some level, some more than others, and it is real, it's there. But the the more like QB has mentioned a lot and you have mentioned, Ray, becoming more aware of ourselves, understanding ourselves better and knowing when I do get in that moment and when I do give in to the anxiety and the fears, what am I really worried about? And is it that much that I need to be worried about for the whole day? And I'm talking to myself too, same deal. Uh, we can all be better at this, but it's just a big thing, dude. So I like that. It's a good mindset. Yeah, if you have, for me, another one, life rule. If you're not going to be, if something bothers you, if you're not going to be bothered by it 72 hours from now, flush it, <laughs> you know, move on. So, you know, chop your day up and into the little mini things. You got anything like that, Q, that you, little mantras you're living by? Um, yeah, focus on the positives. I mean, you got the half, half glass empty versus the half glass full. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, you figure out what is the worst that can happen. You know, what, what if I don't make that play? Um, and most cases, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? Yeah. It's fine. Move on. You're going to get another opportunity and you're, you're just going to crush the next one. So... To me, it's you know looking ahead, looking toward the future, and um, understanding that there will be bumps in the road. You know we're gonna feel, we're gonna experience some failure, we're gonna experience some um, some doubts, but at the end of the day, once you go through them, you're gonna feel a lot more confident because if you did fail, now you now you kind of know how can I succeed the next time. Once you put yourself in a certain situation, you can flip the script and kind of analyze it and see what what went well, what could have gone better, and then make your adjustments for the next time. Yes, sir. 
couldn't couldn't be as clear clearly said. I, I overall, man, winning's hard. Playing baseball is hard. It's a a sport that uh, you're literally wrapped in failure uh, for a majority of your career. And then when you're out, you know, really what the three of us have, we're fortunate because we get to look back on such great teammates that we had. Uh, there wasn't a lot of bad eggs in our groups. And, and I think that made the experience more enjoyable. Uh, I think we made lifelong friends coming out of it and none of us are looking back going, man, I really regret the time I had there because, you know, there, that can happen if you are dwelling on the negative, you know, and, and you're wrapped up in your own performance. For me, it was always about, hey, in, in my time in Nevada, we want to uh, share the WCC title, or it's not WCC, the WAC, excuse me. Uh, and then we went on to win the Mountain West with, with you guys, and, and that's, you know, amazing. Uh, for me, no, I didn't hit 400, but nobody knows that, you know, other than... Your boy, when he looks at his stats. So, <laughs> uh, don't be stat anyways. checking in there, right? Don't oh. be stat checking. <laughs> no, I don't check anything but max preps anymore. <laughs> so I want to go a little bit on that too. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what are the people going to remember? You striking out the first three at-bats or you hitting that walk-off bomb? That's like, right. What is the headlines going to say in the newspaper the next day, you know? And, um, and that that goes to show for a lot of um, you know the best of the best athletes in the world I mean how much times they failed um, you know already like Mike Trout I'm sure he struck out a million times but no one really remembers those they remember how great of a hitter he is you know how many he's so consistent at everything he does that they're they're more focused on that does anybody know who uh, what Christian Yelich hit this year like 2-2 two, 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 yeah. two or something nobody's going to remember that next year. The guys are going to figure it out. This guy's one of the best hitters of our generation. I'm going to remember Nobody. Oh, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, anybody, you got anything else to wrap up on fears? This is, we got one more uh, in the month of October that we're going to be knocking out here pretty soon to wrap up our month of fears. But uh, anything you guys want to say about that, uh, maybe the yips to wrap up. Yeah, if you do, if you are feeling the yips or if you are feeling some fear that is creeping in and preventing you from your best performance, just know that the fear is normal and that it's our body and our brain's way of protecting ourselves from danger. Now, the danger might look a little different than it did 10,000 years ago or 100,000 years ago, but it's still protecting you from danger. So know that that's your body's natural mechanism to protect you. Now, when that happens, it doesn't mean we always have to give in to it. So whether it's yips, whether it's fears, whether it's uh, uncertainty of where I'm going to go play next year, or whatever that might be uh, in your life as a coach, parent, or athlete, know that that fear is a signal. It is a signal to tell you something. So what is this fear telling me? Is it telling me I'm not prepared? Is it telling me I'm not good enough? Or is it telling me that I'm totally full of BS and I am doing the right things, but my mind's getting the best of me? So I think just allowing fear to be that, that signal, right, to help you uh, process through whatever it is you are experiencing. Beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so to add on to one little tip for people who experience yips and whatnot, and uh, I might open a whole can of worms for uh, Byler here. He's got a, I know he loves this topic, but uh, visualization, that is one key um, component to every successful athlete. And, um, you know, 
if you can visualize and see yourself accomplishing what you want to accomplish, just making a simple throw over to first base or um, or whatnot, then you can your body can repeat that in the game. Um, your mind really doesn't know the difference between actually doing it versus actually just thinking it and seeing it in your mind. So you know visualization, one key thing that um, every player can use, and especially in times like this with the whole COVID situation, you know Hawaii's on a lockdown right now. Um, I think we have uh, five max, five people max row at the field, so you know, not much you can do. But what you can do at home is visualize what you want to see happening for yourselves. <laughs> yep, sir. It's gonna happen. Errors are gonna happen. There's a lot of negativity that's gonna happen to you throughout your life, but no, it doesn't define you. Um, you know, baseball is a part of your life. It's not who you are, uh, and there's a lot of. Uh, things that you can, you know, be, you know, how, how lucky are you that your biggest issue is, oh, whether or not I'm going to make the throw to first. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, are struggling to put food on the table for families. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we got, we were lucky with at the USC to go down and, and build some houses at, in, in Mexico. And that, that situation, man, like we are pretty fortunate to be, you know, upset about a throw to first, you know, whatever. But, uh, I thought that was a good topic today, uh, pretty relevant with uh, Altuve, uh, one of the greatest, um, you know, say what you want about him cheating, uh, but he is struggling right now, and, and you can see it, so, uh, but yeah, keep an eye on that, because you know he's going to come out of it better, uh, and to wrap up, Q, Ooh. my guy, are you ready for your first Fast Five? We will see. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm juiced. I put, it, put together some good ones for you. Um, like I said, we're going to hit you with five quick questions. And as fast as you can give me an answer off the top of the head, uh, give it to me, okay? All right. All right, here we go. Number one, if you could be any animal, what would you be? A lion. Finish this line. One of the happiest times in my life was blank. Hidden home runs. Name one sport other than baseball you wish you could be a professional in. Soccer. Name your favorite meal that your mother makes. Dude, this is a loaded one. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> I screwed up on this fast life. Mama Meyer. Oh. Give me, give me one. Corn chowder. Beautiful. And uh, last one, one drill every hitter should work on. Every hitter should work on. The need a hand drill. Need a hand drill. And QB Meyer, are you going to be putting that on YouTube? Do you have it on YouTube? Not yet, but it will be up very shortly. Can't wait. Can't wait. Very well done, my man. I know that was probably the most stressful time of this podcast <laughs> for you. So that's awesome. Maybe we'll hop, we'll, I might have to hop into the hot seat one of these days. Uh, next week you're hopping into the hot seat, right? We're taking over. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, hey, I can't thank you guys all enough uh, for listening to this podcast. We've been seeing a lot of support. Please tell your friends about it. Uh, spread the love. Hope you guys have a great Monday. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.